This message is brought to you by Croydon Tabernacle, a part of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Our mission is reconciling the individual, community and the nation to God. Be blessed as you listen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good to see everybody once again. God bless you so much. I know that what the Lord has started in your life, the Lord will complete. The joy of the Lord will continue to be your strength. You know, the enemy will not steal your joy. You know, we all know that's what the enemy has come to do. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. He, he has come to steal joy. He's looking for people that has joy. To steal it from them. Because you are children of God. You know, the enemy will not be able to steal your joy. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I know that the Lord will continue to strengthen you from glory to glory in the mighty name of Jesus. It shall be well with you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we are talking about God's plan for you. God's plan for you. Say, say to yourself, say God's plan for me. God's plan for me. Acts chapter 9, verse, verses 5 and 6. Acts chapter 9. I'll read verses 5 and 6. He says, And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling, astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? We all know the story of Apostle Paul very well. Formerly Saul at this point, he was Saul. On his way to Damascus, after he thought he was doing what God wanted him to do, he was a Pharisee. He was going all about the place, you know, persecuting the church, thinking he was doing God's work. But God appeared to him. And God, the first thing he said, you know, if you go back to, um, to that verse 1, but in that verse 6, he was asking, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Then he trembling, he asked a very important question. What do you want? What do you want me to do? That is a question that I want everyone to begin to think in their heart right now. You know, because somebody has come to me before and asked me, what is the purpose of my life? How, how will I know the purpose of God for my life? And I know at one point or the other, a lot of us, we have asked ourselves that question. Why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? You know, why am I even a Christian? You know, after I gave my life to Christ, what next? Where am I going? Will I just be coming to church as a bench warmer? Or do you want me to do something else? You know, we all ask this question most of the time. It's, what's God's plan for my life? We say, you ask again, we say, does God really have a plan for my life? The truth of the matter is that the plan, for you, the plan of God for your life is very, very unique. 
to you alone. You know, the plan of God for your life, yes, when that plan begins to come to manifestation, it will affect generation. But it is peculiar to you alone. And it is important that you know them. What those plans are. Remember in the book of that same act, you know, Paul didn't just get to where he got to. You know, he had done a lot of things. He had been persecuting the church. But does it mean that God does not know, God does not have a plan for his life? God had a plan for his life. God has a plan. You know, God has a way of, if it was God's ways of trying to work it out for him. In Acts chapter 9, 13 to 15, after the Lord Jesus appeared unto him, then the Lord Jesus appeared to Ananias as well in, in verse 13. He says, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many, from many about this man. That's when Jesus said, oh, he should go and meet, I'm trying to cut it because of time, that he should go and meet Apostle Paul, Saul in, in a place, blah, blah, blah. Then um, Ananias was now replying to Jesus. He says, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from, my, from many about this man. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here, he, was, he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. So nothing with God is by accident. God already knew that he already had a plan for, for the life of Apostle, Apostle Paul. So when God met him on the way to Damascus, it was part of the plan. I don't know where you are. You know, you may have been asking that question. What is God's plan for my life? Will I just be the way I am? Will I just come to church and just go home again after the service? Is there something bigger? But the truth is, yes, there is. Because you have been saved for that purpose. For which God wants to use you. Remember, in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. The Bible says, before I formed you in the womb. It says, I knew you. Before, you, before your, your father and mother met. God already knew you. He knew why, what he was going to create you to be. So you are not an accident. There is a plan of God for you that you must fulfill. There is a plan of God for you that you must. Remember in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, we, we read this at the workers meeting this morning. It says, for we, we, all of us, Ephesians 2 10. It says, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. You can't just exist for existing sake. You have been created for good works. You know, you have been set aside for his purpose for good works. In Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Jeremiah 29 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. 
God is talking to you. He's talking to me. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thought of peace. Not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. You know, when God said this through prophet Jeremiah to the children of Israel, children of Israel, they had been in the bondage for many years. If you go back again and read it, maybe from verse 4 to 14, you will get a clear picture of, what, of the plan of God for their lives. You know, it got to a time that God even told them to build houses in the place where they've been taken into captivity to. The place where, you know, they, they, they could refer to as suffering. You know, God told them that they should build houses in that place and dwell in them. That's in verse 5. Jeremiah 29, verse 5. God told them to build houses and dwell in them. God told them in that particular place to plant gardens and eat their fruit. That's in the place of their captivity. You know, God even told them to take wives and beget sons and daughters in that same place. Where a place where if some of us are in that, in that, in that place, in that captivity, is all we do most of the time is complain. Maybe that was what they were doing at the time. But God sent his word to them. God told them, look, instead of throwing pity party, instead of, instead of thinking, oh, uh, why am I in this situation? Begin to live your life. Take wives, beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters, so that you may be increased there, because God wants us to increase and not diminish. You know, verse 7. It says, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be, to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you also you will have peace. The word of encouragement for Someone here this morning, I don't know where you are. I don't know what situation you are. I don't know what you are going through right now. No, I want you to see it like God said to the children of Israel here. To see it as a, as a point to, to appreciate God. As a place to begin to, to flourish. You know, see all the things that God said they should be doing here. It was as if God wanted them to be flourishing. Even in the place of captivity. God doesn't want them to throw any pity party. Or to be grumbling. Or to be murmuring. Or to be complaining. He said if you pray for that place. In, in, in their peace. You too. You will have peace. Is there still any unforgiveness. That you are battling with. Why don't you try what God said to these people. Pray for them. Pray for that particular person. See what the Lord will do. I will try and jump because of my time. Then verse, verse 11, which we read earlier. Now it says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. He says, thought of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. 
verse 12. Now it says, then you will call on me. You know, there are some, some things that God said they should do before he got to this point, to that verse 11. You know, that verse 11 is dependent on them obeying what the Lord said they should do concerning that place where they've been taken into captivity. Some of us truly, truly, we find ourselves in a position where it wasn't our fault, the issue we are carrying. But God wants you to look at it in a different light this morning. He wants you to look at it as if as you are his children. No, verse 12 now says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. He said, And I will listen to you. Verse 13 says, And you will seek me. And when you search for me with all your heart. So to know the plan of God for your life, you must search for God with all your heart. Many times we have made that mistake and say, mm, I will go into seven days fasting. God, you must speak. What do you want me to do? And whereas God had already spoken. Most times God had already spoken. It is just that we are not paying attention. He says you must search the Lord with all your heart. Which was what these children of Israel did. In Proverbs chapter 16 verse 9. Proverbs 16, 9. It says, a man's heart plans his way. He says, but the Lord directs his steps. The heart of a man plans his way. You, know, you have to see God with all your heart. Because when you do so, God will direct your steps. Sometimes God will not say, hey, I want you to go to Ukraine. God may decide not to say that. But all he requires me to do is already written in his word. It is there already for me to find out when I, when I search for the Lord with all my heart. It's already there. You know, uh, at the open heaven this morning, we, uh, the general of said made mention of Apostle Peter. He made mention of Apostle Peter in uh, John chapter 21, verse 3. You know, after Jesus um, um, was crucified, they did not know that Jesus had risen. And they got to a point where they had no clue what to do. God's plan for their life, Jesus, for many years, he had been explaining it to them. What his plans for their lives was. Why? You know, they were believers like you and I. They, you know, they had direct contact with Jesus. And when it, it comes to the time when they, be, when they were supposed to be going after God's plan for their life, in John 21.3, Simon Peter said to them, to the rest of the apostles, I am going fishing. John 21, 3, he says, I am going fishing. 
That's after the person that they already had a close encounter with Jesus. Are you in the same boat? No, we are believers. But people who have given their life to Christ, tongue speaking, are we really following after God's plan for our life? He said it not because he, he was, they were confused. But thank God that Jesus said earlier, that what I have prayed for you. Thank God Jesus came back. He appeared to them again. He showed them how to catch physical fish. He now led them toward the plan of God for their life. Well. So how to know God's plan for you? Because of my time. How? Number one, you must completely surrender your life to him. There is no middle ground. You know, there is no, um, I will do it 85%, then I will keep the remaining 15% for myself. You must completely do so. You know, it got to a point in the life of Apostle Paul that he gave, he surrendered all. He thought he was wise. He thought he was doing the right thing, but at the point where he had nowhere to go, what was, what was his response? He says, what, what must you have me do? What do you want me to do? We must get to that point. When, when you ask God, God, here I am this morning. What do you want me to do? You need to get to that point. It is not an association as, as we keep saying. You are unique to God. God has a definite plan for you. So for you to be able to know what that is, you must surrender your life to him completely without any reservation. Yes, I know you've, you've heard this before several times, but it is the truth. You must surrender all to him completely. Number two, you must continue to search for him with all your heart, like the children of like he said to the children of Israel in Jeremiah 23, 29, 13. You must search for him with all your heart. And how do you do that? You must completely trust and obey him. You must put all your trust in him. The Bible says that some trust in chariot, some in in horses. But we, we put all our trust in the name of the Lord. You must trust God and obey his word completely. How can God reveal something to somebody that knows he will not obey him? So we need to get to the point where we obey God completely. Where you know that it is, on, it is between you and God alone. And you are prepared to do it. You are prepared to answer God's call. How? Trust and obey God completely too. Build continuous relationship with God in prayers. Studying the Bible every day. And meditating on the word of God. These are things that will help you to stay in the plan that God has for you. 
Even if God speaks to you directly, but God, I want you to write a book. That that's my plan for you. You must still continue to do this. Or else you will not be able to hear him when you finish chapter one on what to do in chapter two. So you need to continue to pray to him, constant fellowship, relationship with him, studying the scripture, and meditating daily, daily on the word of God. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Colossians 3, 23. It says, and whatever you do, do it utterly as to the Lord and not to men. You are asking God, what's your plan for my life? The one that you are doing already. Do you do it utterly as unto the Lord? Do we have any other motives why we do what we do? Do I have any other motives why I'm standing where I'm standing? Is there any ulterior motives behind it that is not God's? He says, whatever you do in your place of work, in your family, he says, do it utterly, not as unto your boss. He says, as unto the Lord. There's no way you will continue to do this. That God will not lead you in his path. That God will not lead you in the plan that he wants you to follow. We all know that God's ultimate plan for all of us, when you say, what's the plan of God for you? Is that God wants to give all of us eternal life. In John 3, 16, we say it often. He says, for God so loved the world. He says that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but, but, what? but have eternal life. That's God's ultimate plan for all of us. Remember after what happened in, in the Garden of Eden. That plan came into being immediately. And that's where God wants all you and I to be. And that's why we must be very, very careful to make sure we are, we are working in that way to get to that eternal life. That we do not allow anybody or any distractions to take us out of the course. The ultimate plan is that we will have eternal life. We will reign with him in eternity. And not only you. You will take your family with you. You will take your friends with you. That is God's ultimate plan. For you and I. And that's why he gave us his only begotten son. The beauty of all this is that we come to church. We don't just come to come and hear and go. But we put these things into practice. We really listen. And do them. We keep our focus straight onto God. It is important we do that. Because everybody will stand alone on the day of judgment. If, no, they won't say all oh, the prodding tabernacle people come here. No. 
they will call each and every one of us by name. They will say, oh yeah, Kayode, you come here. They will say, Mama Falano, oh yeah, come and say your own. No, it will not be by association. Everybody will stand alone to give that account. The day you gave your life to Christ, you know, the promise of God for your life is that he wants to give you eternal life. And the word of God, the Bible says, is here and amen. It, nothing can change it. If you trust and obey him. So, people of God, are you going to pray the same prayer of the question that Apostle Paul asked? Uh, yes, when, he, when, he, um, when Jesus spoke to him directly. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Some of us, it might be that we are in the wrong trade. Some of us might be in the wrong department. Some of us, we might be running somebody else's race. But when we come to God and we seek him with all our heart, and we ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? He's our father, remember. He loves you so much. He created you for that purpose. He will make it clear. There will be no ambiguity. It will not be abstract. And that is the prayer I want every one of us here this morning to pray. In total surrender. Because it is important that we are where God wants us to be. And we are doing what God wants us to do. It is important. Because there are people that are waiting for your manifestation to begin to do the plan of God for your life. I thank God that God is helping us. I thank God that God is using people, even in this church, even in our generations. But please don't say it is them alone. God has a unique plan for you too. Every, every single person. It is not only the general overseer that God wants to be doing what he's doing. God has a, another plan for you. For me. And so we must pray. We must ask him. It's an individual thing. So people of God, please, let's, let's be on our feet. Let's be on our feet as we pray. Unto Jesus, I surrender. Unto Him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily. I surrender. I surrender all. Please raise your right hand up and say, I surrender all. I surrender, I surrender all. All to Him, my blessed Savior. 
chapter 9 verse 6 says so he act 9 6 he says so he trembling and astonished said lord what do you what do you want me to do if you are here you're listening to me you've never given your life to christ please can we all close our eyes all heads bow if you are in this auditorium now, you've never given your life to Christ before. You definitely don't know what the plan of God for your life is. Because if you don't have Christ, you will just be doing trial and error. So you need Jesus 100%. You need him. So if you have never given your life to him, please, this is another opportunity. Please just raise your hand up thank you so much for that hand please raise your hand up and surrender all to Christ please just bow, bow down your head and just begin to pray to God tell him that you surrender all to him today that from now henceforth you will not be in charge of your life that from now henceforth Jesus will be in charge of your life that from now henceforth he himself will, then, will continue to be your God, your Savior. As you confess him as your personal Lord and Savior. And whatever you bind here on her shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose here on her shall be loosed in heaven. This is a glorious day in your life. My sister, I want you to key into it. I want you to believe it. That God from now henceforth will begin to reveal his plan for your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I trust that the Lord himself that has brought you here this morning, he will continue to uphold you all the days of your life. And when you call on him, he will answer you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And the rest of us, please, let's raise our hands up and let us pray to God. Let's pray the same prayer that Apostle Paul prayed. He says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now go to God and ask God. No, let's leave let's leave every every other thing aside please just face him right now lord what do you want me to do are you in a in a position where you you do you yourself know that oh, this is not what you should be doing but ask god he's the one that he, he created you he is not a wicked god he will show you the way he will speak to you he will guide you in the right way, in the right plan. In his right plan for your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done. Thank you because we know you are God that answers prayer. 
And you said in your word that unto you alone shall all flesh come. We have come to you again this morning in the simplicity of our heart. To first of all say, Lord, we are sorry the, the places where we have been helping ourselves. The same way Apostle Peter wanted to do, he wanted to help himself and say, oh, let's go back and fishing. We have come back to say we are sorry. Lord, what do you want us to do? What do you want me to do? We surrender all at your, at your feet, at your table this morning. And we ask you to continue to lead us. Please, your children, continue to lead your children. Continue to guide your children in the way to go. Continue to speak to your children that they will hear a voice behind them saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And enough is enough of toiling and toiling and toiling that we want to face directly what you have for us to do. And it shall be so in the life of your children. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because we know you have answered our prayers. We love you, Jesus. And we return all the glory, all the honor, the adoration back to you. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Render Thank you for listening. We hope that you were ministered to through this message. If you have any comment on this presentation or would like to contact us, our address is 38 to 40 Parsons Meet, West Croydon, CR03SL. To speak to a member of our team, you can call us on 0208-688-466. Our website address is www.croydontabernacle.org.uk. Thank you and God bless.